Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Campisi. It's the weekend. We're back. I have Dale and Eric back with me since it's Steelers and Browns week. You know, Eric and Dale are both Browns fans, and I'm a Steelers fan if you haven't figured that out by now. So go pour yourself a drink because you might need it. I know I did. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast, the super fan take football today. All right, biggest game, game of the week, Steelers-Browns. Who stays undefeated? Obviously, you guys know I'm picking the Steelers. <sighs> this Pride, one... Pride. This one is a hard one. Um, the Browns have a ton of starters that are dealing with injuries. Uh, you got Olivier Vernon, Ronnie Harrison, Wyatt Teller, Baker, Sheldon Richardson, J.C. Treader, Kareem Hunt, Landry, Carl Joseph, Larry Ogunjobi, Nick Chubb, of course, and then Odell was ill this week. If everyone was healthy... Uh, I definitely picked the Browns to win this game, but it's in Pittsburgh and they're dealing with these injuries. And I feel like that somehow it'll just barely be enough for Pittsburgh to get a win in an ugly fashion. Yeah. Dale touched on a lot of the points I was going to make. Uh, Harrison is in concussion protocol, but uh, he's, he's according to the defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, uh, they said that he might be back. I mean, we'll, we'll see. He's still not practicing, which makes it hard to uh, think that he's going to, to make it in there, which means they'd be going with uh, Sheldick Redwine and Sandejo, uh, who's been struggling a lot this year. And I think that's where the Browns hurt the most, is that back end of that defense. Uh, they're essentially operating with one starter out of the four uh, defensive backs right now. Uh, you have Grant Delpit out for the year. Greedy Williams has been placed on IR, and uh, Sandejo was never meant to be uh, playing safety back there. That was supposed to be uh, Carl Joseph and Grant Delpit playing back there. But mm-hmm. instead, you're having essentially your your third or maybe fourth string safeties in uh, Sandejo and Harrison. Or, I'm sorry, Sandejo and uh, Sheldrick Bloodwine. Um, and a good quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger can really expose that. Um, he knows how to look off safeties. He knows how to uh, spot when they're they're in trouble and, and hit them over the top. Um, and that's going to be tough for the Browns to overcome. Uh, the Steelers are also dealing with injuries in that DeCastro, their offensive guard, is going to be out. And uh, the Browns' defensive line should be able to, uh, if you know, it's expected they're going to get Ogunjobi back. They should be able to stop the run, and they should be able to get to the quarterback, which is going to give them a chance. Uh, but, you know, with the Browns having Teller out, that's a big hurt to their running game. Uh, Chris Hubbard is going to fill in for him, and he's a, he's a former Pittsburgh Steeler himself, so I mean, this game means a lot to him. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to be tough for the Browns to really get that running game going without – Wyatt Teller and without Nick Chubb, I, I think Kareem Hunt can 
can handle some of the load, but I think he still has been struggling with injuries as well. And I think the Colts game showed that he's not 100% either. And asking Dearness Johnson to contribute more than he did in the Dallas game is going to be hard to do. Uh, you know, all that being said, the, the, the strength of the Browns is their offensive line and their running game. And uh, the Steelers have enough firepower on their defensive front to kind of uh, neutralize that. And then the Steelers have the firepower in their offensive game to take advantage of the weakness the Browns have in the secondary. So as much as I don't want to do it, I my gut feeling is that the Steelers are going to pull this game out in a, in a close one. Call it a, a 23-20 to 20, uh, in a a game that'll be uglier than we want it to be. Mm. I mean, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, I mean, they have the edge. I think that Baker will struggle. I don't not not if not if the Browns offensive line and running game was healthy. Um I I think if that was the case then if Teller, Treader and Chubb are playing I think Pittsburgh's on their back heels as far as the offensive line versus defensive line. Okay, well, you know we we, we didn't mention Miles. We didn't mention Miles Garrett. The, the Browns were moving Miles Garrett around during the Colts game, and that is what caused uh, Philip Rivers fit. And if the Browns can move Miles Garrett around to take advantage of some of the weakness that the, that the Steelers have mm-hmm. on the offensive line, we can give them a chance. And I'm with Dale. If these were if these are the rosters unaffected by injuries, I think the Browns win this game pretty easily. I think the tide is starting to turn in the division. And mm-hmm. if the Browns had Chubb and if the Browns just had Chubb and Teller healthy, I would pick the, I would have no doubt that the Browns would win this game. They have the more talented roster. Okay. Mm-hmm. They just they just don't they just don't have two key pieces right now that they were using to dominate in the games that they did win. Now we'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers play against an actual good team because they've been playing you know not so good teams so far this year but uh yeah i just I can't really give the browns the win when they're they're missing chubb and teller and have all these other guys banged up you know Baker rayfield's hurt you know we don't even know how well he's going to throw the football so. yeah i mean but i hope i'm wrong yeah i just i mean i just think the steelers defense they're they have 20 sacks on the year already and they're tied with the rams for the most sacks I just don't know if Baker will be able to handle that. And especially if he isn't 100% and he gets sacked, you know, what's going to happen to him during the game? I hope they protect him because, you know, you don't want to see him done for the year. Yeah, but the Browns, I would on- are, top, Browns are top five in quarterback protection in the NFL right now. They they don't let Baker get hurt. But they don't make him take a lot of hits. So. I, I would also be – more concerned about Roethlisberger if we're talking about quarterbacks and getting hurt. Baker can at least move. Uh, you know, Roethlisberger is pretty much a statue back there that can throw and throw exceptionally well. He's been moving he's this not, year. He, he's not mobile. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's his, and he, even when he's been younger, his MO has always been you know, to absorb those hits from the defensive line and the, and the linebackers and kind of shed those, those tackles. He's never been a guy that has been evading. Um, so, you know, uh, Baker, Baker's going to be able to avoid some of those. He's not going to avoid all of them. But you, all, you also have to consider, too, they lead the league in sacks 
but who have they played that that gives you any confidence that that's going to hold through the rest of the year? I think this is by far the best offense that the Steelers will have played. And I, I don't think it's close at this point. So this is, this is a real test. Now it's a test for the Browns as well. It's not the best team that they've played just by virtue of the fact that Baltimore is very, very good. Um, but I, I think it's a big test for both teams. Hmm. I don't know. I just think that when I know the Browns are playing exceptionally well this year, they're four and one. They look good. But I just think at the end of the day, the Steelers defense is playing so good as well. And I know like everyone thinks they haven't played anybody yet, but I think the Steelers defense is going to show yeah, I mean, up. It's, it's not that it's not that we think it's that the the numbers actually bear that out. I know. I know if you look, it's the teams they played I'm aren't great. Yeah, you know, the more I talk about this, the more I want to change my pick to the Browns. Because <laughs> there's one there's there's two factors that we're we're not talking about at all. Is that number one, uh and the you know the coaches downplay it and most of the players downplay it. But this is the first time that Miles Garrett has gotten to play against the Steelers since the uh, helmet incident happened last year. And I believe that there's emotions going to be running high. Miles Garrett is in line to be, if, you know, if the vote happened right now, he'd win defensive player of the year. He's got, he's, he's caused as many, he's caused, I think, six turnovers via QB pressures already through five games. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's on a, that's a crazy pace that he's on. Couple that in with the Browns don't have, Freddie Kitchens or Hugh Jackson anymore. They have a, a coach now that really seems to have his shit together. He has a, a well-rounded game plan. Uh, it seems, I mean, they're making defensive adjustments. I don't know so much about offensive adjustments, but uh, they are, they're winning games and they're, they're putting themselves in position to win. They're not letting, they're not letting themselves lose games. They're not letting Baker Mayfield, you know, commit a costly turnover at the worst possible time. They are they are they are putting themselves in position to win and you're talking you're dealing with a Steelers team that has never seen this side of the Browns before. What's to say the Steelers aren't gonna march out there and be like, Yep, gonna be the same old brownies and think they're just gonna cakewalk to a victory. I think no offense, Shannon, I think you as a Steelers fan look at the black and gold uniforms and look at Big Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin stop on the sidelines and say, "Of course, the, the Browns have no chance." I don't. I don't think you would even. The, the Browns could be undefeated and leading the league in everything right now, and you would still pick the Steelers. Obviously, you you are so used to that uh, from both sides of the fence. You've seen it from both sides of the fence. You were on the Brown side of the fence when they were getting their clocks cleaned year after year by the Steelers. And now you're on the fewer side of the fence. It seems the Browns aren't going to put up a fight. I mean, you know, so the Browns, the, the Browns beat the Steelers once last year, but it was without Big Ben. So no one really like, it's like, it's almost like it didn't count, you know, but yeah. this is the time. This is a game against pretty much the Steelers full slate of players in Pittsburgh. I know it's, you know, not the, the way we all wish it was with a full stadium. Uh, but I digress. This this isn't going to be what the Steelers are used to. This is going to be a dogfight, and it, it all it takes is a few big plays from a few big guys, and you know you, you could you could have a shocking outcome of this. 
I mean, nobody gave the Browns a chance against the Dallas Cowboys, and look what happened. This this might be the kind of game, too, where whoever wins just might be the team that ends up having the ball last. Because um, at the end, it may just be one of the – I mean, the we've, we've Eric was touching upon how Delpit and, uh, and Greedy Williams are two members of that secondary that are on IR that should have been – um, that that would have normally been out on the field starting, um, and that Roethlisberger can take advantage of that. And similarly, the Pittsburgh secondary is uh, outside of Fitzpatrick is suspect. Um, and and a team with enough ta- with as talented of a wide receiving core, uh, tight ends and wide receiving core as Cleveland can take advantage of that too. So. Uh, it may just come down to it being not necessarily a shootout, but it might be whichever team ends up having the ball last is the one that comes away with the win. And I, I, you know, my pick is the Steelers just because of the injuries that the Browns have. Um, and the fact that at least a handful of those guys are definitely not going to be playing. Um, some may end up being able to, but at least some won't. Um, so, while the Steelers are my pick, I would not be the least bit surprised if the Browns did win this. The only thing that would surprise me is if it was a blowout one way or the other. Yeah, I don't Agreed. think there'll be any. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be a good game. All right, tell me the story. I want to hear it. Uh, it now, this is a Reader's Digest version. But back in the 80s, the Browns had a terrific tandem of cornerbacks named Frank Minifield and Hanford Dixon. And they were two of the like, they were the best tandem in the NFL and, and probably two of the top, I'd say, 10 corners in the entire league. And they played on the same defense, making the Browns a very tough team to play against as far as defense goes. Well, they uh, dubbed themselves and, and their defense as dogs. They, they were, were, were the dogs, you know, were dogs. So uh, they, uh, the Browns had a end of the Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which was uh, bleachered and kind of uh, definitely stuck out from the rest of the stadium. And that's where a lot of the more rowdy fans sat. At one point, I believe it was the cheaper seats. Uh, once they started marketing it as a dog pound, they weren't cheaper anymore. Uh, rowdy fans that were always throwing shit uh, down at the end of the, the uh, end zone, uh, that got dubbed the dog pound. And yeah. when they figured out that, oh, we're the dog pound, they started really playing it up, like wearing dog masks, throwing dog biscuits. You know, it got it started getting super rowdy, and then it became like the place to be. Everybody wanted to sit in the dog pound. And they tried to create it with the, they recreated it with the new stadium, and it feels like kind of forced, I guess. Obviously, this year they can't do it with the, the COVID restrictions, but the the modern day rendition of the dog pound, it just, I don't know. It's kind of like when they take a, a classic muscle car and they could try to redo it. It's just not. It's just not the same. But it's still cool. Yeah. That, that's where the the dog thing comes from. Yeah, I never knew that. That's that's cool. I was always curious about that, like how the dog pound got started. It's like the terrible towels. Everyone has their own little thing. That's what's great about sports, right? You get organically, you get these things that start as. As nothing, and then somehow or another, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever years later, they're, they're just tradition, and it's it's just been there, and it's part of the, the lore and the, the identity of the, the team and the fans. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week, we'll be discussing Week 6 and everything surrounding the Steelers and Browns game. 
Have a great weekend, everyone. Check us out at Twitter at MTFB Podcast. I will be doing a poll of who you think will win the Steelers-Browns matchup tomorrow. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Cheers.